Hello there, my name's Hilary Alexander and I'm working with Debenhams to put the spotlight on its amazing portfolio of designers. Back in 1996, Debenhams was the first high street name to introduce a designer collection. And over the last three decades, the lineup has grown to include more than a dozen of Britain's best designers, including Richard Quinn, Studio by Preen, Savannah Miller, Patrick Grant, Jenny Packham and Matthew Williamson. Today we're talking to Henry Holland, the creator of the infamous slogan Tea Trend and the H by Henry Holland collection at Debenhams. Hi there, Henry. Hi, how are uh, you? The two H's. Yes, Hills and Hen. How are you? <laughs> Hills and Hen. I'm, I'm really well. Um, you've been working with Debenhams since 2010. Yes, yeah, I'm, I've been working with them now for, for about eight years and um, I actually, I started working with them quite early on in Yeah, in you my were one career. of the first really sort of young designers, really new wave of young designers to kind of get into the high street. Yeah, um, I think it was, I think the, the thing that worked well for me is what, what I'm known for and what my, my kind of, the DNA of my brand is yeah. about, it's all about an attitude and a sense of fun and playful, uh, you know, playful approach, which actually can translate to any price point. You know, it's not that we're known for extravagant em embellishment or, bling. Or, or, you know, <laughs> or, or like, you know, or tailoring or some things that are quite hard to translate from a, you know, a different price point. So yeah. I think um, it worked quite well. And I think Debenhams picked up on that really early on in, in my career and, and identified that as being a great way to translate a collection mm. for their stores. But being a sort of young designer, and you know, you had um, and always have had, you know, a really great sort of celebrity following. Um, did you ever sort of hesitate and think, oh, gosh, do I want to get into the mass market? Um, I, I didn't because I think I've always looked at my uh, at my label as from a very business perspective and from a financial perspective mm -hmm. it was very important to to work on uh, a, a collection like this to help uh, achieve the things that I wanted to do with my main line and help fund that and also um, I get a real kick out of what I do and I love seeing people enjoying my work and mm. wearing my work and whether that's someone at the bus stop or someone on the red carpet yeah i get the same you know satisfaction because somebody's even more so sometimes from the bus stop because they haven't borrowed it <laughs> you know they've actually yeah. paid they've actually parted with the money yeah with um, their own hard-earned cash exactly <laughs> and then you know for for somebody to take a piece of clothing and put it into their wardrobe for me that's a big deal mm. in my own personal life and so you know and then incorporate that into their wardrobe and style it up with their you know in their own way yeah i, I, I really love that so i think i like working across all different levels have you um sort of been in any situations or sort of funny situations where you've seen someone wearing you know something by Henry yeah. Holland House of Holland well when I used to wear um sorry not when I used to wear I was about, I was about to say when I used to wear tights <laughs> yeah as you do. I haven't worn tights in many years uh when I used to uh when I had um a tights business we had mm. a collection of tights and they were sold they sold uh really well across wasn't the, that across with the jonathan aston it was with pretty polly oh, pretty polly yeah right. yeah and they did sell them through debenhams as well and but when i saw people in the street it was always a bit awkward because they were sort of faux suspenders and so it just looked like i was eyeing women up because <laughs> I, I would like you'd clock your own work so then obviously you'd stare and then you'd kind of look them up and down and, and sort of give them a knowing look and i bet everyone just thought i was a pervert <laughs> <laughs> did you get recognized or do you get recognized now because your face is quite 
well known, I think. Yeah, I, I sometimes get recognised and I think it's usually my quiff. Yeah. Uh, so I'd never get recognised if I'm on a run or exercising because that's about the only time my hair is flat. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do. I get recognised less so now. I mean, I did TV work a few years ago and I would be recognised more regularly then. Yeah. I mean, you, you've been on the telly, you know how it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, I think um, compared with a lot of designers we know, sort of young and medium and old, um, your route into the fashion business was slightly different and to me much more sort of merchandising, marketing based. Mm. How did that come about, Henry? So I studied journalism, which um, I think when I was 17 or 18, I didn't even know there was a fashion industry, I think. You know, I grew up in a place called Ramsbottom and careers in fashion weren't something that was talked about. Um, I knew I wanted to be in London uh, and I knew I wanted to work in the kind of the fashion sphere. Um, And I got some advice to go and learn a a skill that I could then translate into the fashion industry Mm -hmm. rather than study fashion, which I thought was actually really good advice. Um, And so I went and studied a journalism degree. But the minute I got there, I was in halls with all of these fashion students because I was part of the University of the Arts of London, which encompasses Central St. Martins, London College of Fashion. And I was at London College of Printing, as it was then. That's the one near the Elephant? Yes, Elephant Castle, yeah. Mm. And um, so I was in this flat with all these fashion students and I was like, hang on a minute. Yeah. (laughs) I want to be a fashion student. What am I doing? And, you know, my first day at university and the the head of the course was like, when you graduate and you go and work at a local paper and you work your way up through the newsroom. And I'm thinking, I don't want to work my way up through any newsroom. (laughs) Thank you very much. I was like, I want to work in magazines. You know, I want to work in the fashion world. Um, And so I tried to move course. Um, but they were full. Mm-hmm. They were like, no, you have to come back next year. And I'm far too impatient for that. So actually, it was it was a real incentive for me. And I went out and got as much relevant fashion experience as I could. Um, and then I found myself in teen magazines just because I took any internship that I could. What, spending your time in the fashion cupboard? Yes. Yep. And, and at the magazine I worked at, it was an actual cupboard. People yeah. talk about fashion cupboards and it's usually a room, a yeah. small room. <laughs> uh, but this was actually a cupboard. Um, and I spent, yeah, uh, two years in the fashion cupboard whilst I was at university there um, and went straight into work and I was the fashion editor of Smash Hits when I first graduated. And was that like you were doing styling and photo yeah, shoots? Yeah, so it was and... styling and doing a lot of photo shoots. But it also informed a lot of my training in terms of you know clothing and you know styling and and putting pieces together and also just you learn a lot about pieces and materials Mm. and and draping and all of that thing from just interacting with clothes on a day-to-day basis like the and the volume of clothes yeah what I mean and I guess also seeing what models wear and how how they sort of you know work a piece of clothing yeah exactly and it's very much about I, I i come from a press background and so i also i understand the importance of that side of the industry and i think um it helps inform the way that i approach my work and and the way that i i publicize it and and i work on the full communication around mm. my shows now some of the people you were working with at the time then kind of went on to become fashion editors or yes <laughs> i guess that useful. was a help yes it's very useful so all of my friends from university my old housemates um the ones i have all of the dirt on all of the all of the <laughs> all of the university stories that you can imagine um there are now all editors of magazines which is you know it's, it's a great network to yeah. have um i think um, there's a there's a lot of designers that study different uh, different things at mm. university. I think Tom Ford studies architecture. Yeah. Um, Luella Bartley also was a journalist as well. Um, 
And I think... And Virgil, you know, he's yeah, done architecture yeah, as well, Yeah, actually. and I think coming from a different uh, art form or a different approach in design from a different background, it in, informs a unique approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I always say that um, ignorance is bliss is a very uh, overused phrase, but I definitely feel like that's relevant in some ways. You know, no one ever told me how to do this, mm-hmm. but no one ever told me how not to. And so I've just gone out there and and sort of figured it all out and it's all you know done through experience yeah you know, learning from my own mistakes now the first um sort of famous slogan t-shirts you kind of just did them for friends didn't you yes um and my first slogan t-shirts i was still working at smash hits in the mm-hmm. cupboard and uh i just it was sort of an in joke amongst my friends um that i i always wore slogan t-shirts myself and i was like oh i should make some and they were like, oh you should make some um and i was with uh i was having lunch with Gareth Pugh, who's a, another designer, yeah. and um, and he was joking because I'd made some T-shirts in the past and they'd been an absolute flop, and he and I was like, oh maybe I'll put your name on a T-shirt and that'll sell, ha ha, and here I am ten years later. Yeah. So, um, what yeah. were some of the early ones? So Just the, reminders. The first four were get your free con Giles Deacon, you who Gareth Pugh. Uh, do me daily Christopher Bailey I don't know if you're allowed to say that and uh, get you have I done cause me pain Hedy Slimane right and then also um, Wham Bam Jessica Stam we did Wham Bam yeah Jessica Stam that was that was the next that was like the next round so the first round were all designers and then the second round were models right and that's when you did the Kate Moss one wasn't it yes I'll show you who's boss <laughs> which I don't know many people have succeeded in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and was that what gave you the idea to set up your own label? Um, so first of all, it was just a bit of fun, as you said, and I was, you know, it was a, a trend thing and I was, I made them for me and a group of my friends to wear to nightclubs, really. Um, and then they were, they got picked up uh, quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I just, I realised that there was an opportunity there. Um, And I still, so this was in September that I sort of launched them. Um, I accidentally launched them because Gareth uh, was wearing one when he came out for the bow at the end of his show, but simply because he hadn't been to bed. He'd been in the studio (laughs) all night. It wasn't a planned PR stunt at all. In hindsight, it was a great one, but not planned at all. Um, And then Giles saw him wearing it because it was the Giles Deacon one, and then Giles asked to wear the Gareth one the next day. Um, And then after that, I think the day after that, I got a call at my desk at Smash It's and this voice on the other end of the phone said, oh, hey, Henry, it's Sarah Moa from American Vogue. Could I talk to you about your T-shirts? And I was like, my mouth dropped to the floor. And I was like, what? I was thinking I was writing up a piece about juicy tubes and Primark <laughs> flip-flops at the time. And uh, and so I got stockist really quickly and it was completely something I was unprepared for. Uh, and so I, I carried on in my job until the Christmas mm-hmm. and sort of doing like doing it at the, at the even, in the evenings and at weekends. And then um, I quit my job at Christmas and my first fashion show at London Fashion Week was February the 16th. Was that the one in the Bluebird? Yes, yeah, Bluebird Cafe, yes. yes. Yeah. It was great, that show. <laughs> um, and I, I will never forget that sort of nervous excitement and energy from that, that show. It was it was incredible. I mean, Lulu Kendi, who uh, runs Fashion East, just said to me, oh, do you want to do something with your T-shirts? Do whatever you want, like yeah. a presentation or a party or whatever. And I just thought it would be quite 
funny and a bit punk to do a show yeah. when all I had was t-shirts. Um, and also I liked the concept of putting models' names on the shirts walking down the catwalk. So even yeah. though I couldn't afford supermodels, I managed to get their names on the, on the catwalk <laughs> anyway. Very clever bit of marketing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of guided your sort of fashion philosophy, if you like, hasn't it? You're the idea of sort of marketing yeah. models, celebrities and... Yeah, definitely. I think when I, you know, when I first created that those T-shirts, I created them because I wanted to create something that had talkability, that mm-hmm. you know was press-worthy, um, and it and and is exciting. You know, mm-hmm. I I like fashion that's engaging and exciting and content that you know that captures my attention, and I I like to do that with my collections for sure. How how would you describe your collections now? Because I mean, it's more than. 10 years isn't yeah. it? you ce- celebrated 10 years in 2016 yes I'm I'm flabbergasted as anyone else is that I'm still here I think for the first five years it was from show to show it was like should we do another <laughs> do they <laughs> want not? us yeah um, yeah so it, it, it's kind of it's crazy but the collections have evolved um, and I think w- that sensibility and that tone and that humour was very explicit mm. in, uh, in the first few collections because it was written on the clothes themselves and then we've sort of gradually infused that sensibility through print and uses of colour. Um, and the stripe and, you know, And the stripes check. and spots, yeah. and di- you know, and different um, iconic prints that we've kind of... Uh, developed her signatures into the collection um so it's just i feel like it's evolved but it mm-hmm. still feels very authentic to me and i think the collections are very much an extension of when i describe my collections and i describe the brand i describe it using personality traits rather right. than visual references you know i say it's playful it's bold i say it's bold to the point of obnoxious sometimes, <laughs> which i don't think is a bad word at, at all um and you know and it, i describe my woman with the same you know, the same personality. Yeah. Traits. You know, she's the woman that you gravitate towards at a dinner party because, you know, she's... She looks like fun. She looks like fun, exactly. If she's not in the smoking area no, already. Exactly. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, you've had some really kind of useful and still have celebrity friends. Yes. Like, you know, Alexa. Yes. Alexa Chung. And it, it always sounds so contrived and fake when I talk about this, but they were all my friends before they were famous. Yeah. Which just sounds really naff. But, I mean... Um, you know, Agnes Dean was the model that I used because I lived with her Aggie. and I was like, Aggie, yeah. and I was like, oh, put this T-shirt on and stand against that wall. And that was my first campaign shoot. Yeah. And then simultaneously she became like a, an Italian Vogue cover star about a month later, you know. Yeah. It was very serendipitous. But I knew her from being 12 years old. Um, and Alexa I met when she was just a jobbing model and um, I used to use her boyfriend as a photographer for all of my cover shoots at Smash It. Yeah. So I and knew Pixie. her. Pixie, yeah. I mean, Pixie. I met when she was about 14 as well. Uh, that was when we did a TV show together, which was a complete disaster. Uh, and Grimmy as well was yeah. a friend just from uh, like from bars and clubs. And then he used to sleep on our sofa when he was at university in Leeds. <laughs> so, you know, it just, we were, uh, and you know, I think that's why as a group of friends, it, it comes across as authentic because it is. Mm. You know, we, we don't just go to parties to be photographed together. We actually spend a lot of time together outside of the public yeah. eye. And it's a very close-knit group of friends, some of whom aren't famous, so you don't know who they are. 
but it's you know it's a it's a wider group. It's not just you have to be famous to be let in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's a kind of lifestyle as well, isn't it? I yeah. Think you say attitude. Yeah. Attitude to life. Yeah, and I also think you know it really shows that we're all really ambitious and we're really focused mm. in our own in our own careers. Yeah. Uh, the fact that you know that I, I, a lot of my friends are really successful in the, in their own way, mm. um, and I think those kind of people do gravitate towards each other. Yeah. Um, and I think we support each other as well in the same mm. way. So with each other's projects and you know if we've got any events or, or things that we're working on yeah we always support each other now when you're um say you've got you know the house of holland collection how do you then translate that into h by henry holland which sells at debenhams what what's the actual process so i mean as i said earlier i think what we're known for and what our house of holland collections are all about is this sense of fun this playful humor mm-hmm. um and and color yeah vibrant color and print and print and also and it's slightly irreverent yeah, yeah. And, and an irreverence for sure i once did an interview where i, I just uh it, the opening line was uh bold irrelevant and colorful <laughs> is how henry holland <laughs> describes himself and i was like that's a typo yes <laughs> i think i said irreverent yes. rather than irrelevant and the journalistic background comes um, yes, in handy. I was like, you should send me all your copy. I'll proofread it. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so I think those those uh, those signatures from my mainline collection mm. work really well as something to translate for, you know, for a more um, sort of mass market appeal. Um, and how closely sort of are you involved? I mean... Very what, close. Yeah, yeah what so, happens? I mean, so we have a, a I have a, a design team in my own studio and I have a design team in the Debenhams offices and, mm-hmm. and I go in on, on a regular basis and work with them. Um, and we work on, uh, so we work to around six drops a year. Yeah. Um, and so we have, you know, we work on different mood boards and different reference points for each collection. Mm. Um, and then the designers go away and work on designing into those yeah. concepts and developing ideas. Um, and then we'll go in and we'll do, we'll do, appointments with print studios and we'll review review colour stories and prints uh, graphics there's quite a lot of graphic involved with the prints as well Um, and then we'll and then we'll sample everything up and I'll go in and approve it. It's the same process, really, that I go yeah. through my own label. It's just, it's in an external office. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you give us a hint of what's coming up for September? I can, yes. <laughs> so we're, um, we've kind of, we've rejigged the collection a little bit in terms mm. of the structure and we're focusing on making it much more about categories. So we're really focusing at the moment on our jersey category. So we've got a really strong collection of t-shirts. Um, and then in September, we're moving that through into knitwear. Yes, I, and you haven't done knitwear for Debenhams before. Um, we've had it as part of the collection, right. but never as a real focus. Right. So we've got, I think, there's uh, about eight to 12 different jumpers uh, mm-hmm. coming in around September. Um, I think they come in two different drops. There's one a bit later. But we've gone with this uh, really bold, like, colourful animal prints. They've got this really nice hand feel. Yeah. We've got these really acid, bright cable knits as well with this really beautiful fluted sleeve. I love this orange one. Yeah, it's great, that one. With a big sort of bell sleeve. Yeah, yeah. that's the one. And then we've also got some of the slogans that we've introduced in the jersey this season coming through into knitwear as well to take that forward through into the winter season. So it's very much about bold, colourful statements. Mm-hmm. And also, pieces that are very easy to incorporate into a woman's wardrobe you know these are really bold playful pieces but paired back with a pair of you know scruffy jeans that you've already got or a nice tailored trouser I think they're really easy pieces that you know 
lots of women could incorporate into yeah. their wardrobe. Do you have any style icons yourself that you sort of, I mean, apart from, say, your friends, but yeah, designers um, from the past? I, I don't I was thinking perhaps of somebody like Fiorucci or Castel yeah. Barjac. Yeah, I love Fiorucci. I love the those kind of, and Old Machino as well. Yes. I look at a lot of that. I absolutely adore Stephen Sprouse as well. I used to collect his pieces. Mm. And then I realised I just had a box full of women's clothes that I wasn't really <laughs> doing much with, so I sold it all back to eBay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love... Um, I mean, this this the one of my favorite things about this job is the, is the research mm. and you know and the and the sort of looking back at, at history and looking at developing stories around my collection. So I love to. That's what I love to do with my piece with my clothes and each collection is tell a different story. Yeah, and that's what inspires my work. Do you travel a lot for that? Or? Um, I. Indirectly, yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't have the budgets to be like, let's go to Tokyo and be inspired <laughs> for five days. But if I'm in Tokyo doing another business meeting, yeah. I will definitely, you know, have my eyes and ears open. But I think, you know, lots of creative people, we're like sponges. Mm. You know, we see different things. And that's why I think trends occur, because we're all exposed to the same things. Yeah. You know, the same cultural changes, the same, you know, like the same films, the same galleries, you know, the same exhibitions. I yeah. remember when the Matisse collect the Matisse uh, the big Matisse retrospective was in the Tate Modern yeah and we, I went to see that and I was like it's gonna be a shed load of Matisse prints <laughs> next season you know you can just you know when there's a really big like seminal exhibition that it is going to inform people yeah work. and the um, Frida Kahlo and the Frida Kahlo oh. yeah that'll be next season yeah there you go you call it now <laughs> call it now um so yeah but travel definitely informs a lot of my work and um I, it's one of my favourite things about the job, really, is I mm. get to see the world on other people's pound. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, in England or Scotland itself? I mean, do you go back to Ramsbottom or do you like travelling around Britain? Or Yeah, I do. I go home and see my family quite regularly. I mean... Because your mother, mum and dad always come to the shows, don't yeah, they? Yeah, every season. They haven't met, they've never missed one. Um, and I don't think they ever would. But yeah, I think what what informs my work most from like the north of England is very much the humour yeah. and the tone. That's very much about where I'm from. I think there's a real self-effacing northern humour in my work. Yeah. Um, and then I also my earlier collections were very much looked at heritage cloth as well. And we did a lot. We did um, we developed our own Harris tweeds. Yeah. Um, and also we developed our own tartan. And that I liked that was I think my third collection. And I really liked the idea of getting something that had such iconic history to it yeah. and being and like establishing myself and you know being as bold to be like this is the house tartan I've been around 10 minutes we have our own house tartan so yeah it was um it's kind of you know when when the the story behind it works with the collection yeah. I really like to work into those sort of British heritage uh, references you were saying just a minute ago you know oh we haven't got that bigger budget um <laughs> But you've been in business now, what, over 10 years? Tell probably. me about it. <laughs> Tell me about it. How big is the House of Holland? I mean, how many people do you employ? Or yeah. Where do you work from? So we work from uh, Mile End, which is in the east end of London. And uh, they, the team is about, in-house, is about 12 to 15. Cause mm -hmm. We work with freelancers as well and patterning and machining and such um, a labour-intensive industry. Yeah. Um, and like many of them, we're very much powered by interns as well. We work amazing 
amazingly with an amazing group of graduates and, and also students. Well, I know you're involved with Graduate Fashion Week, which yes. is fantastic to have yeah. your support, Henry. And we've actually got uh, a graduate at, the, at Debenhams at the moment on a placement as a result of a thing that we did through Graduate Fashion Week. Oh, that's Week. the scholarship. Yeah, yeah, so we've done a scholarship programme where uh, graduates had to come and pitch their portfolios to me in 90 seconds. What? <laughs> 90 seconds? Oh, maybe they got two minutes. It was like speed dating. Speed dating, I was yeah. just about to say. And it was like, they got two minutes in front of me and it was like, talk me through your work. And I think I saw, I think we saw about 40 people and they just came through and they were like, this is my project, this is this, this is this, this is this. So we've kind of brought, we've got this girl in there at the moment um, and she's she's great. I went in to meet her yesterday and brief her into the collection. And, and she obviously talks is, fast. She talks very fast, <laughs> which is lucky for her. And she's good at turning pages. Some of them have only got to page three and they were like, oh, I'm done. And I was yep. like, I've only, yeah, I was like, I've only seen a reference picture. <laughs> it was quite fun. Um, so yeah, the team is about 12 to 15 people. Uh, but then we work with outside agencies yeah. in London and in LA for press. And, and where, you know. where do you manufacture mainly? Do you try and uh, do a bit in England? I do do a bit in England. Yeah, yeah we still do because... I think in terms of, um, the, I mean, the industry's changing so much. And, you know, it used to be that there would be 10 really key brands selling tens of thousands of units. Yeah. And now there's tens of thousands of brands selling, selling yeah. hundreds of units. Yeah. You know, it's very much uh, a, a change in, in the industry, I think. And um, so a lot of our manufacturing is still done in the UK. Our mm-hmm. tailoring is all still done in the UK. Um, which what, is, in London itself? Or in London know? itself, yeah, yeah. We have factories around London. There's, there's And there is still a small manufacturing community in, in and around London, mm. uh, but it's just so difficult to compete on price point. Yeah. Um, we do some uh, manufacturing in China, um, knitwear and also printed wovens, and then we do so, uh, denim is all done from Turkey mm-hmm. and Jersey from Portugal. Yeah. So we sort of, we work where the specialists, Right. Like specialism is for that region. So what can we expect from H by Henry Holland in say the next, I don't know, two years or one year? And So I think this approach that we've started at the moment with, you know, the categories is really focusing on these yeah. ca- capsule collections, which I think is more how customers are, are preferring to shop as well. It's like mm-hmm. it does the job for you. It's like, okay, if I want to a really great piece of knitwear, then that's the part of the store that I can go to. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to sort of focus in on different categories throughout the year um, and try and establish a really strong ha- uh, handwriting and DNA in, in each of those categories. Right. Um, and so I think some really great, bold, playful pieces that yeah. are for those, uh, anyone with a youthful approach to life. I yeah. think often my clothes are considered to be for a younger customer and mm. I think... Sometimes that that's sort of misplaced and that it's really just for somebody with a, a youthful approach. Yes, young at heart. Just like yourself. <laughs> Thanks so much, Henry. No problem.